1: LinkedIn, the place to be, to be.
2: You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life.
0: All right, marketing school listeners, this is a 20 to 30 minute segment of a full interview I've done with an amazing founder, entrepreneur, creative, visionary. You're going to get a ton of insights from this. And if you want to listen to the entire thing, go search for leveling up with Eric Sue. That's the entire podcast that you're going to find. So you get 20 to 30 minutes here. And if you want the whole thing, you can just search for leveling up with Eric Sue. And without further ado, enjoy the episode.
1: My content really changed around the pandemic, and I've sort of had different phases of content. When I launched the channel originally, the entire reason I started the YouTube channel was because I was writing a cryptocurrency research newsletter in 2016, and 2017 crushed it. But in December of 2017, Facebook and Google banned all advertising for crypto. Yep, I remember that. So now, what am I going to do? And now I had spent 10 years in lead gen. So I, I was a lead gen. We, me and my partner were the largest solar lead generators in the nation at one point. So I'm deep into call centers and data and avatar dialers and you know SEO and paid ads, whatever. So I was running this on paid ads. They they shut that down and we had no way to sell the product. So my business partner at the time is like, hey, I'll just start a YouTube channel. I'll just do TA technical analysis live and we'll sell the product. It was a newsletter product and a trading product. Got it. And Well, we, we launched the trading product and it was just like lightning in a bottle. It was uh, right when the advertising shut down, 2017, Bitcoin had gone from 1,000 to 19,000. And then all that shut down. We launched this trading product in December 2017 with a brand new YouTube channel, no paid ads, and did a million dollars in 20 days. Wow. Boom, just captured lightning in a bottle, right? I think we broke the ClickFunnels record at the time uh, and that was on zero dollars of ad spend yeah so then i started talking about more business and success stuff then when the pandemic happened it went like heavy macro sort of like macroeconomic and like freedom those are sort of like the two things that i kind of talk about there and the reason why i'm saying this is because a lot of it is like news oriented it's driven by the news cycle and so it's not really evergreen and just so people get a sense for like how much reach are you getting from the channels per month right now? For the social channels? Yeah. It's just been really the last six months we've started to kinda of turn attention to Instagram is main our main focus on Instagram. I think we're getting three or four million views a month. My team could tell you better. I think we're probably getting more in the 5 million range, you Got know, it. across those platforms. And then that, that includes YouTube or? Oh no, that's, that's without YouTube. Yeah. YouTube's another, you know, million and a half, two million views. And then podcasts? Podcast is uh, about a half a million, okay. you know, but, and, and I don't know what the reach on the radio is. So I don't, I'm in 26 markets, I think. So that's like a weird deal. I don't know how that works. So I like, would
0: argue like your, your reach, like, like the YouTube shirt, it's like less views or whatever, but it's like such higher quality views. And maybe even for podcasts too, it's even higher quality. Yeah. So that's, a, that's a key
1: piece. I've been binge watching your content. I told you another one of our mutual friends, Blake, that you had on, mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've, I met him through Cody a couple of years ago. He's Mr. Short form. Yep. And as I was listening to that interview, and I was just thinking, I only focused on long form. And I think, mm-hmm. What I've found is specifically, I, I try to focus on like high ticket items. And so with high ticket, from the data that I've found, you typically need about an hour and a half with a person before they can buy. While I don't get as many views as Blake gets across social media, the views are so much better, well, quality, right? So on a YouTube video and a 25 minute video, I'll average 65% retention. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's high. Well, I was just gonna say, so when somebody watches you for 25 minutes and they've been watching 25 minute videos for months or years, I mean, they, they think they know you. So there's a lot of trust that's built when you watch hours and hours of content, there's a lot of uh, character that they pick up a lot of personality. And so you really start to get it versus just a real short form. I mean, I, I'm not a fan of doing short form content. And the reason why is I think it's one of the bigger problems that we have in the world today, where everybody reads headlines, and they don't get the context. And today we see so much, you know, black or white, people think very literally, but everything has nuance. And if you don't pick up the nuance, you're just never going to get it. And I'll do a 20-minute video on like a big subject. Like George Gammon, he's one of my good friends, you know, he'll dive deep into like, Yeah. Reverse repo. Yeah. Well, I'm left watching that going, what does that mean? Why do I care? So then I'll do a video on like, Hey, if you want the technical, go watch George, but let me tell you why you care about this and what it means to you. Right? So anyway, I'll, I'll take these very complex subjects, make them super easy to understand. And I'll do it in like 20 minutes and people will be like, dude, it's too long. Make it shorter. I'm like, then just read the headline.
0: So anyway, I'm not a form of short form content because what can I really tell you in 45 seconds? Plus, I, I'll be honest, I don't know about you, but like, I don't remember anybody from short form. Anybody, actually. Yeah. There's only one person, actually, Jenny Hoyos. They're, they're, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. One person. She's, oh, but I, that's because I watch a 35-minute video of her getting interviewed. That's the yeah. only reason I know her. Yeah. I think
1: it's a, the way that I'm seeing it and the way that I want to approach it is like top of funnel all my content is top of funnel, but really the shorts would be super top of funnel. That's how we've been using them on on Instagram anyway. And I think I've seen several people like Blake, but even in the crypto space that I know, they really used um, TikTok to build their YouTube channels. So I think the TikTok, you know, the shorts will be top of funnel for the other type of, for the long form content and then long form content will still be top of funnel for the products and services.
0: I I mean, I think this works out really well. Well, I've, I've done podcasts for years, but I've never chopped them up. Like we're starting, like literally last maybe 90 days or so. And it's, I see the flywheel starting to work really well. And it's just like, oh, okay. Like you just, you roll with whatever organic channel is working well. Yeah. The problem is because like most of my content, as I was saying, is typically like
1: a 20 minute, 25 minute, like thesis. So it's not, I don't think it's super clip worthy because like you take a 45 second clip out of out of a 20 minute like teaching video you don't really get the whole context of what it is and that's why you know i know like I listened to your video with Hermosy and he's like, oh, we're just pulling clips now. He doesn't do direct camera anymore. But I think for what I'm doing, my type of content doesn't really lead to that. And I think that's part of the reason why it hasn't really been growing for us. And so that's where we're thinking about making just specific short form content for that. That's just short soundbites, snippets. And if you want the deeper content, then you come into the long form. Oh, got it. I like
0: that. It's, it's a preview to your long forms. Yeah. Yep. 65% retention is insane. Like what have you done to do that? Good storytelling, right? It's copywriting. So I think it's all about the intro, right? So it's all
1: about the hook. So I do a three-part hook. I and mean, this is just copywriting. Like who's it for, what's it for, and status change, right? That's what basically what it is. So like the who's it, so the hook is like, you know, the end of the international monetary order is coming. Watch out. So that's like the hook. And then I give the offer, right? So it's like the the, the hook, the offer. And it, that would be like, as you know, the system's crashing, three banks collapse this year. The banks could bail in your money. So in this video, I'm gonna break down the three banks that are most dangerous. So then like, I'll kind of give the context and then I'll tell you what's in the video. In this video, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. And I'm gonna show you this, this, this. And then the last part is the status change or like the testimonial having this information will protect you from whatever, right? So I kind of like, I'll try to get that out in like 60 seconds. So like a really strong hook, the context of what it is, what they're going to receive, and the status change that they'll receive, the benefit. If so they stay till the end. Of, kind of of staying to the end, yeah. right. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, through good storytelling, they need the journey, right? So it's like, uh, this, we're going to go over this, we're going to go over this, we're going to go over this, but we're also going to say what you need to watch out for, the danger, this thing that you need to know as well. And and that, and then I think just for years of doing it you know i think naturally i'll be like and we'll come back to that in a minute okay yeah. hey uh we'll
0: talk about that in a minute and like hooks to the end kind of things like yeah. that i think it's probably second nature-, nature for you now but that 60 seconds that hook and then everything you talked about how long does that typically take you to write it out yeah so i know a lot of youtubers they talk about like creating the package first right the
1: package for me uh, consists of a title and like a paragraph that's like the, that that would be the, um Probably the package for me. I would do the title, the thumbnail, because I usually put like a couple words on the thumbnail. So it'd be the title, thumbnail, and like a and a paragraph. That's like the package. So I'll start from there, then I'll build it out to typically eight bullet points, and then of those eight bullet points, I try to put three to four bullet points under each one. So that's like, that's, that's where I start. And then I'll usually build the video out and then go back and write the intro. You're not just like shooting from the hip. And by the way, there's like so many different ways to do this. Yeah. Like I want the hook, I want the intro to be good. And so I'm pretty good at shooting off the cuff because I'm doing it for five years now, uh, but I find it to be better when I, when I do it. And I don't go back and try to like SEO optimize it or I don't do any of that. Um, I don't know how important that is for YouTube anymore. The thing is for what I'm doing, for the type of content I'm doing a lot of the learning comes from the research process. So, when I sit down to build that video, I'm going to spend four or five hours on that video. I'm going to start, you know, researching and pulling stuff. And then I'm learning more stuff as I'm going. So, that's why I'll go back and do the intro after I've built the video because, like, I'm not exactly sure what the flow is going to be. So, then I might end up with 10, 12 bullet points and then I'll cr- compress it back down. And then, um, you know, and then I just launch it. I don't know how long it's going to take me. Yep. I typically figure I can get through about eight slides in about 20 25 minutes, you know? I think your framework's amazing stuff. Are you doing any crazy stuff? I use TubeBuddy, and TubeBuddy will allow you to A-B test the thumbnail. The problem with the A-B testing on TubeBuddy is that it's a 24-hour period. And so like, typically you come out of the gate pretty hot. And then, and, and so, you know, we'll look at like the click through rate. That's kind of one of the big pieces for me, but like, and, and if, if it doesn't seem to be taken off good, we'll go back and change a title or a thumbnail, but because the data has like that lag to it, like I haven't found a real good way to do that, I do know, uh, one of the big YouTube strategies and I've seen Russell Brand Hiring for this role, but is a YouTube optimizer, and, and even going back to the back catalog, a year or two old, and changing thumbnails and titles in that. So, uh, shout out right now because I'll throw it out a couple times. But I'm hiring all kinds of people. Yeah. One slash jobs One slash jobs If you want to be a YouTube optimizer, hit me up. So, Re- um, remote's good. Uh, remote's good, but back to the content. Part of what I want to do for next year is get off the news cycle. It's a hamster wheel. I'm done with the news cycle. I want to go back to more evergreen content. The news cycle
0: is a hamster wheel. I mean, when you're doing like Ben Shapiro or like even Patrick But David, who I love. Right. And I think it's just tough because every day it's like, it, it kind of feels like a job. Yeah, it's a massive
1: job. It's two things that people probably don't realize. One, I have to be in the news cycle 24 seven because I come on to a couple podcasts a week and I don't know what questions they're going to ask me. So I need to kind of know about everything. Like, I need to know what's going on in the oil market. I need to know what's going on with the war in Israel. I need to know what's going on with the Fed meeting last week. I need to know what the CPI data that just came... Like, I need to know all that all the time. So there's hours per day of just staying in the news cycle. That's like the treadmill, right? Now, if I'm talking business, marketing... Dude, I've been doing this for decades. I could just talk about that all the time. It doesn't really change, right? Mm -hmm. But in that that news cycle, you have to be in... And Patrick McDavid's more like on the politics side. But still, you got to know that. He's reacting, yeah. And then the second part is, I've, I've kind of sold my soul for the algorithm, so to speak. And so then what happens is, oh, what should I talk about this week? What's the biggest story? Ooh, I don't like that story. Let me find a bigger story. Right. And so it's, it's two part. I mean, dude, I've gone a whole day and then not decided on an idea. Like a whole day, six hours goes by seven hours. And I'm just like, I still don't know what I want to do for a video. Yeah. As opposed to, I keep uh, one of the big hacks for me that I learned a long time ago, um, and it was actually through time management is just capture every idea. And so I use Evernote on my phone, on my computer, and every idea I just write down. So I have pages of videos I want to do that are evergreen videos, and I just haven't been doing them because I'm always stuck in the news cycle. Yep. So anyway, it's a it's a massive time suck. A couple hours a day of just staying in it and then trying to f- dig out that story as opposed to just doing something that you want. And then it doesn't let you focus on the business too. And it also, it also burns you out. I don't want to say I'm doing videos just for views, but I do think about what video will get the most views all the time time it's stuff that i've been paying attention to for uh over a decade and even if i wasn't getting paid i'm still gonna put all my time into it anyway so i might as well talk about it
0: so i heart said this you can be bigger than ben shapiro it was actually well
1: joe told me this but he, it was bob Pittman, the ceo is the one that told him that. So Joe was telling Bob, hey, you gotta watch this guy, Mark, whatever. And so apparently, I haven't talked to Bob personally, but apparently, per Joe, he said, he's like, yeah, Bob started watching stuff. And he's like, dude, this guy could be bigger than Ben Shapiro. He's like, I know, I told you.
0: Yeah. So that was like pretty cool validation. I didn't hear it firsthand. I heard a second hand, but got it. So I guess that's interesting to me because, you know, who sticks out to me right now? I was talking to the George Gammon a couple of weeks ago. And so so he has his YouTube guy where we're in a Zoom and his YouTube guy's like, yeah, your YouTube sucks. And I was Josh? like, oh, Josh, yeah, Josh is like, your YouTube sucks. And I'm like, oh, thanks. But it's true. And he's like, dude, it could be so much bigger, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, dude, you guys got to look at Russell Brand. Russell Brand to me is entertaining. It's every day he's reacting to stuff. Right. And to me, I'm like, I think you can do even better than that. So not even you'll be bigger than Ben Shapiro. I think you'll just be like." this massive brand. And so how are you changing, I guess, your content workflow moving forward? Because you talked about how you're spending six hours a week on it right now, but you want to adjust it. You know, there's a whole lot to unpack in that specifically,
1: but I kind of got thrown into the world of content creation. Actually, I didn't want to. It was my old business partner that sort of forced me into it. And I've gone through many fates. So it's been, I just celebrated like my fifth year of, I guess, being a content creator. I started my YouTube channel five years ago in October. And, you know, you'll hear a lot uh, from content creators or coaches that coach content creators, and they tell you typically, to, like, focus on one platform. So all I focused on was on YouTube. I didn't build TikTok or Twitter or Instagram, none of that. And really in the last six months, I've only started to turn to social media. It's been basically four and a half years of only YouTube. Mm. Um, but through that time, my production schedule has changed as well as the content that I've done has changed. And I've gone from two videos a week to three videos a week to one video a week, back up to two videos a week, back up to three. So I've sort of changed that, that schedule for the last, since the pandemic, really since like 2020, I went up to three videos a week two and then to three, and I've maintained that schedule. So two main teaching videos per week, which are like a thesis. It's like a 25 minute video, not reciting news headlines like a Russell Brand or a Ben Shapiro, but like here's like a thesis twice a week, plus one interview a week. So three of those a week, each of those videos, four or five hours to write, right? And um, you're doing like, a,
0: you have a whiteboard and everything. I got the whiteboard yeah, and yeah. all that.
1: Then when I got the iHeart deal, which was, I guess in 2021, then I picked up an additional three hours of content a week. So they pitched me on a radio show and a podcast. So I record the radio and then the radio goes into the podcast, but I record for three hours a week. I do that every Thursday and I have someone that helps me with the research and write and whatever. And then I spend a couple hours in advance Getting it, and then three hours going live, so it's a full day, yeah, or, or even more. Right? So this is more than six hours of work actually for a week. Oh yeah yeah, 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 right. So so for the last two years, I've been pretty much doing three videos on my main YouTube channel, plus three hours of radio, podcast, and secondary YouTube channel. So it's about six hours of final video at the end of the week, plus you know I'm on one or two shows a week as well. So it's a it's a pretty crazy schedule to keep up on which has been fun at 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 one point I was kind of telling you I don't know if we, before we were recording but iHeart offered me to to build out a network and so I thought you know what I'm just going to build a media company yeah. and so I was kind of like all in on that but man I'm a builder I'm I'm an entrepreneur I spun up a whole bunch of businesses and try I over the last couple of years Going back to it's not who you are, it's who you know, I have just opportunities just flying at me left and right. And we launched a couple of ventures and each one were like seven figure, seven figure, just like picking up money, right? <laughs> Maintaining this media schedule that I've been running and trying to run businesses just doesn't work. Yep. It just doesn't work. And so, you know, as I said, like over, over the course of a career, but even over the course of five years, like what I'm doing, what I'm focused on changes. And I've gotten to the point where it's like, man, I'm a builder, I wanna build, I need equity. So uh, I'm going to probably slow the content side down a
0: little bit and, and focus on that. Got it. Right now, like what percent of the week do you think you're dedicating towards content and what do you think it will be moving forward?
1: Well, as of right now, I'm still doing the three hours of radio pod, et cetera. Uh, that's a piece that I'm potentially going to renegotiate this month here at the end of the year. We're just entering the end of the year here, right? I typically spend the last month of the year on massive reflection. I do all year, but like, what did I like? What didn't I like, Uh, what can I do better? And what do I want for next year? So I'm thinking about changing that podcast thing, potentially cutting an an hour or two out of that schedule and just bring it down to like a podcast. And then on the, my main YouTube channel, I'm thinking about going down to just one video a week. Less is more. Yeah. Quality over quantity. And I think less is more. I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that do one video a week, like Cody Sanchez and her, her, her media side of the business crushes it with just one video and then um, focus more on the social media side, Got on it. the short form side. We've done no effort or focus on the short form side at all. Yeah.
0: I, I was going to ask you, but cause I was looking at your channel, I was like, yeah, like there's, you know, y- both you and George Gammon, are very, very, very focused. There's like, I'm not going to touch anything else, which is I think great. But also I'm looking at everything. I was like, yeah. so the question is. No YouTube shorts. You stayed focused on, I guess, like, what are you going to open up to? Like shorts, TikToks, reels, anything else?
1: So, I mean, in full disclosure, I mean, we have those being posted, but it's literally like a team in India that just chops clips and sticks them up. Right. So there's, we don't look at data. We don't look at analytics. Like we haven't done anything there. So I think it's uh, it would be a combination of going and actually creating short form content. We've started experimenting with it just in the last month or two, sitting down, recording short-form content. So I think it'll be a short-form strategy, which will be including, right, creating content specifically for short-form and hiring platform managers that will dig into the data, optimize it, and, and, and start tweaking
0: on it. Got it. So you mentioned, I mean, you came from lead gen, a lot of paid, a lot of SEO, and then now you've kind of evolved into, you know, creating content, right? Like, where do you see marketing going in the next, let's say, 10
1: years? Yeah. So, you know, I talk about, uh, it's not who you are, it's who you know, and the benefit of having this audience and all these things. We know, I'm sure the audience knows, like probably the greatest asset you can own today is attention. That's what everyone's trying to get is attention, in addition to other things, but that, that attention piece. And so we have that. And I talk, I know how important that is. I talk about it, you know, but it's very interesting. All of a sudden, I'm having to live a life without it. And so I don't know. Did you ever see *Undercover Billionaire*? Yeah, I saw the one with Grant Cardone. I yeah. watched the whole thing. The first one was really good. It was just one guy, but the one with Grant oh, under, was the, the Underdog Barbecue. Yeah. You know, they were basically dropped off in a town with no money, but they had no contacts. They, they couldn't use their name. And so here I am. So part of what I'm doing is I've been seeing all these people take big exits near me and I've had some big exits and the last five years I've been doing this and I've been making a lot of money and it's been great, but I'm not building any equity. I can't sell my personal brand. Yeah. Um, and I have all this deal flow and, and I, I got brought up. I'm part of the venture fund and I launched another uh, venture fund, Bitcoin opportunity fund. So now I'll pick that up. But I launched two different coaching programs. I had like a really high ticket coaching program and then like a mid-tier coaching program, like 20,000 mid-tier, like 50,000 high-end. And I had like 80 students across that. And that became sort of a nightmare and we can get into that if you want. But um, what I did is I decided, you know what, instead of trying to work with, you know know the saying, uh, those who can do and those who can't teach. I'm like, why am I teaching all these people that never can seem to get it right I can just go do it. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take two or three of the best companies I see here. I'm going to take equity deals in them and I'm just going to help them do the work. Well, one of the businesses that we have going right now, I've been there three months, they have no content, they have no audience, they have no email list, they have no social media. And so everything I want to do, I have to run paid ads. Every time I turn around and not just paid ads, but like hey, we need to drop 30 grand to test this. So that has been pretty interesting. It's been pretty frustrating as well and obviously very expensive. So as far as the future goes, I think you you either earn your audience or you buy it. And I think if you really wanna scale a business it's a combination of both. And so one thing I'm helping this new company with is we gotta get this audience going. We gotta get the email list going. We gotta get the social media going. We also have to build the, the paid ads as well. So I think it's a combination of both. I think yeah. that's that's sort of the future. Uh, one pr- prediction I have of the future of marketing, though, is I think we're unfortunately probably facing almost like this cataclysmic event where AI is going to create more spam than we've ever seen in our oh, life. Oh, for sure. And the internet could almost become unusable. I mean, it's just going to flood. I mean, all these people go, oh, AI, write me a book. AI, write me a blog article, and it's just going to be crap. And it's just going to be just everywhere. And I don't even know how we're going to weed through that. And I think the future is going to be personal brands. And it's going to be a personal interaction. And so I think the way that we'll stand out is by bringing personal stories in, where I talk about my personal life, my my background, my past, uh, my kids or whatever it may be. And I think that's going to really separate the mass content, the mass marketing.
0: Yeah, I think there'll be a period where that happens, and then there's going to be a period where the AIs get so good they could do that too. So who knows? <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't know. I, I, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we'll have to differentiate ourselves by even
0: being more personal. So how do you look at it? Is YouTube the mothership, and then everything else?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been my only focus, and so I've. I mean, I have, you know, 150,000 subscribers on Twitter and 150,000 on, on Instagram, et cetera, but I've literally put no effort into it. That's just what's kind of grown because of YouTube, if you will, and being on other podcasts and the radio, et cetera. So that's all grown, but it hasn't been nurtured or cultivated. But I think, I think YouTube is the mothership for a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, it's the second largest search engine. And so social media content goes away. I mean, sure you can scroll my Instagram feed and I guess see stuff down there, but for the most part, it kind of goes away. Two, it's it's highly searchable, right? It's the second largest search engine. You don't have that on any of the platforms. Three, you have the long form content, which really builds the brand. So I think from those main areas, I think it's the best in my opinion and it's what I use. And so, you know, it's, it's what I've done. So I would say that's like the mothership and I think it's gonna continue to be. I think it's gonna continue to be as well. But I think if you think about, you know, a, a marketing campaign, and today more than ever because of attention deficit disorder, we need more touch points. And so I think I think there's a you know, a use case for all of them in different parts. We've even been just, like I said, it's been about six months digging into Instagram and even the different types of content on Instagram at different places, like using reels to bring in a new audience, using posts and carousels to nurture, and then using stories to bring people into offers and like even utilizing different types of content on the platform.
0: I love, I mean, I think there's a macro thing here too, where it's like, There aren't many people where it's like, yeah, you've done lead gen, you've done SEO paid and, you you know, copywriting too, and you're a creator too. Right. So you're combining a lot of these disciplines together and it's forming like this new, like marketing baby. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so now, now that we're going to start focusing on the shorts and even creating shorts. And then that will then go into paid ads. So now we can be testing it on our organic audience. We can find the ones that pop, and then move those into paid ads pretty quickly. Which on a traditional, old school paid ad, um, you're, you're and, and you're paying for the test. Yeah. And so that's a big that's a big deal that I just want to just hammer home for everybody listening. Like, yeah, I I have to work hard to get the audience, but now the audience is there, um, and I can just drop content. I can just make money without spending money, and. Instead of paying to test ads, I can just test them with an organic audience. And even more importantly, I can ask my audience, run a poll, hey, what do you think about these two headlines? What do you think about this copy? What product would
0: you like to see? What's your biggest obstacle? And so, I mean, the power is just enormous. That's actually a really important call out. It's, and I would argue you don't even need an audience for like these reels, shorts, and like, if it's really damn good, it just takes off, right? And then if you have really good ones, you can test for for free now, instead of having to pay the platform